Hello, hello. Welcome to the Back Porch Podcast. I'm Corey Dempsey. And I'm Andrew Beam. This week, we are going to be talking about one album wonders. Now, often there are one hit wonders, things like Lou Bega's Mambo Number no. 5, Vanilla Ice's Ice Ice Baby, but our music taste doesn't really sway that way, so we decided that we do the one album wonder, the bands who kind of made it off of one great album. Yeah, but you know, Vanilla Ice also had a rap or a rock career. We're that, not we're not we're not counting. We're not going to go anymore. No. <laughs> no, we're not going there at all. I thought I thought no. I mean, I yeah. There's there are some albums where it's either they literally just made one album, or the rest may have just not been so good whatsoever, and you they're forgettable. You forget they even had it. Yeah, indeed. And to join us in this conversation is Josh White, not the inside linebacker from LSU, but the Josh White who apparently hasn't listened to a record since high school. Josh, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> well, after after being cut down at the knees like Jesus. that prior to the introduction. It's the first time they've met in person. Um, <laughs> the, pro- the problem is... Uh, <laughs> Corey coming with jokes, apparently. <laughs> I, I asked you if we could come in hot, and I you said it. come in as hot as you want. See, I thought you were talking about my album picks. I didn't know you were talking about other people. <laughs> yeah, Josh. Hey Josh, Josh how how's you? it going? It's going swimmingly. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. After, after Corey just immediately, you know, yeah, we, um, we try and be accommodating to our guests, but also incredibly insulting. Um, so it's, it's, you got to balance it out in some sort of way. Yeah, that's what we're here for. And this week, we're not going to name the beer because, well, we don't want to insult anyone and, you know, say they have one album and just know that we're drinking a beer and it's going to be delicious. Exactly. Yeah, we don't, we're, we're not here to piss anyone off. There's no there's no point in that. Uh, so, yeah, we have we have a beer. Like Corey said, we're not going to name what it is. But trust me when I tell you that when you hear the crack it is not the crack of say a ginger ale or something like that it is the crack of an actual beer so let's get started boys so as we said we are going to be discussing the one album wonders being mentioned they can come in multiple forms sometimes a band literally only released one album sometimes they released one album that is really worth talking about or mentioning and we're going to have examples of both on our list and where i want to start is you know josh i already kind of brought you down but i do want to give you the floor here how did you find it how did you go about making your list here really problematically because i started with a list of rules and as I did that list of rules, I kept adding more and more rules. <laughs> and then every album I could come up with would then violate the rules. Yeah, we would be texting back and forth and he'd be like, I want to choose this one, but it just kind of violates the rules. I'm like, what rule? And then he just tells me the rule. And I'm like, we, we didn't set those at all. I don't. All right. Well, I said, what, what was an example of a rule that you set for yourself? A rule. Uh, so last month. Rolling Stone actually put out a, uh, a list of what they considered one album wonders okay. in my research. And it had like things like Derek and the Dominoes. But we all know Eric Clapton's long history of being had the miseducation of Lauren Hill. 
And I said, yeah, but she was already in the Fugees, you know, like, so does that qualify? She's already famous and had a fa bunch of famous albums. Yes, she only did one solo, but to me that didn't count as a one album wonder. Um, but then as I kept building my list of potentials, I said, well, the Postal Service, but I mean, he was Death Cab for Cutie. So you also went by album sales too. I did go by album sales, um, but we'll get into that later. Oh, all right. <laughs> because I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to cut cut down some. Oh yeah, I forgot to say that some of these uh, these stipulations that he was including, they're going to affect the rankings later on. Just want so, <laughs> eventually. Eventually, I, I I said I'm just gonna quit the rules and go with my gut on these are the answers that I want to give. I feel like you did not. I, it, I mean. <laughs> That seems like a much more complicated process. I had a list of five, and then I just looked at them to make sure that I really thought they were one album wonders, and then that was it. <laughs> that was about how much I went into it. Beam, what about you? I mean, Josh and I would have conversations back and forth just in terms of what could be considered a one album wonder, um, and... I, I kind of was able to sort of narrow mine down just well one a lot of them obviously they also came from the early 2000s to be perfectly honest with you and uh kind of with them when figuring them out I did just sort of look at what did I consider like what was a what was a good album from them and were the other ones any good or did they have another one um that's really just kind of how I based it so it was fairly subjective and maybe didn't fit the one album wonder uh, depending, I don't know. Of course, it's all subjective, really. You could think yeah, any of their other stuff was good, right? Absolutely. But, uh, you know, something like with one of my picks, sort of the same situation, they had their own solo career, but this was a particular act because they did have a second album, and, you know, I'll get into that, obviously, a little bit later. I also think there's, you know, with that subjective you know, nature of this, there's people out there that probably say, you know, Pink Floyd was not good after Sid. You know, and well, so they only had one true album that really sounded like the original, you know. Yeah, and those, those people those, suck. Yeah, you don't want to be friends with those wrong. people. They're wrong, of Pink course. Has so many <laughs> of yeah, course. other than Sid Barrett. Yeah, but, we can move on from that. Yeah, but look, he was only on one album. Look so. how fucking cool and high-minded you are. You stuck with just Sid Barrett. Good for Again, you. Not my opinion. No, but at the same time, like, I'm going to have some controversial picks that people are going to be upset about. But, like, they're my picks, so... People can be upset all they want. I'm going to defend I, myself. You know what? I agree with you. Yeah, exactly. And like you are too, and I respect you for it. So, <laughs> you know, I disagree with you, but do you, man? At the end of this, maybe we just come up with, we'll just include all nine. <laughs> really? Just to be nice. Everyone gets a participation trophy. <laughs> participation trophy for everyone. I think this is the worst participation trophy. It's like you participated being really good once. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. So obviously, like Corey said, he had five he whittled it down i think you you may have had the same so we've got uh, some honorable yeah. mentions essentially ones that would have made the list but ultimately didn't uh when it just came down to considering each so josh why don't you start off what were your honorable mentions uh the first one i took it off my list because it was in my top five but then i said well the second album actually did very well uh that's frank oceans i consider channel orange to be a a, uh, a one album the next one um blonde i don't find exciting i don't find i think it has nothing to do with the first record it's completely different the st style is completely different 
Um, Different or bad? I can. Uh, you just didn't like that new. I style. didn't like it at all. Yeah. What and, about his mixtape though? Are we counting that, or is it because it's a mixtape? Because Nostalgia Ultra is good, I think. Mm-hmm. See, then you get into that. Yeah, that's another tricky. It's another, yeah, tricky, that's another part. tricky area. Well, but it is an honorable mention. You got so all these rules fine. that are restricting yeah. me here, Josh. Yeah. Well, then I said to hell with the rules, and <laughs> I, as as they do in the Fast and Furious, I took off the restrictor plate and. Oh boy! <laughs> Tapping into another one. Do you um, have another one? I do. Um, I was really considering uh, at the drive-in relationship of command, but they also went on the the two main songwriters of that band went on to form the Mars Volta and had a hugely successful run of and great albums after that. And also, there's plenty of people out there that consider the earlier stuff to be. Uh, like in Casino Out uh, to be amazing. It's just, and it's not bad. It's just, and and I realized, I think I was just really into it being such a good swan song. It was their last album before they broke up. And that was so good that it makes it feel like a one album wonder, but I don't think it actually would qualify. I think the other ones hold, hold up as good music. It's just, it, it, a swan song that is so epic makes you think like, oh, one album wonder. Yeah, I agree, and I actually quite like what the bassist of At The Drive-In did with Sparta. That one Sparta record is really quite good. The first one? Uh, yes, the first one. The one should, with... We should have considered uh, that. Yeah. Called? I don't think it's Sparta, actually. <laughs> Something about Cut Your Scissors? No, that doesn't I make forget. sense. But I owned it's, it. It was a really great. great record. I liked it. Um, my two honorable mentions that I had, one was Charles Hamilton, The Pink Lava Lamp, which is a mixtape, and... What I really loved about it is he explored mental health and, you know, his own kind of quirkiness in a way that wasn't the norm in rap at that time. Uh, When I went back to it, though, it just didn't hold up as well. It still has a couple jams, but I just didn't feel like the album was what it was to me at the time it came out. And then the other one that I had was Taking Back Sunday, Tell All Your Friends. Um, That is going to be a controversial pick. But honestly, I feel like Taking Back Sunday released one good album and then wrote a wave on the cult success that they built off that. And it's similar to one of the other albums that I have. Um, I ultimately picked the other one because I actually think it's better than Tell All Your Friends, which is probably also going to be a controversial opinion. Beam, what about you? So my honorable mentions are reflective, I think, more of like uh, more of Josh's list as a whole uh, because they're pretty much all pop punk and emo bands <laughs> from the early 2000s. Taking Back Sunday to All Your Friends is actually one of mine. Uh, I was considering that too because I agree with Corey. They had this album and then everything after that was kind of meh. But also too, Louder Now, playing by some of Josh's rules, <laughs> um, I think it was obviously much more successful. It also had some really good songs on there. You know, ones that I enjoy, ones that when I see them live, when they are doing another Tell All Your Friends uh, retrospective uh, concert tour or whatever, which they've done multiple of, which I know we've mentioned on this podcast before, uh, they'll at least sprinkle some in there and you're like, oh, that was a good one. Yeah, but at the time I hated what to feel like to be a ghost, but then you know that when that comes on, you go... All right. All right. Let's get into it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm about it at that stage. Here's the other thing, too. Just kind of a quick aside. Like think something like the new Manchester Orchestra album. When you hear it on the album, like this is boring. When you hear it live, it actually it it hits different. So some songs just have that effect 
Um, sorry, Corey, you're going to say something. Yeah, no, I just feel the same way about Taking Back Sunday. I like individual songs from the subsequent albums. Like Little Devotional might actually be my favorite Taking Back Sunday song, which right. is from Where You Want to Be. But the whole record is just almost nothing compared to Tell All Your Friends, which is like eight out of 11 tracks are very, right. very good. And the other three are good. So, you know, for me, I do like some of the individual songs I did later, but it was never a full album that I was excited about from them. My other one is Finch, What It Is to Burn. That record, I think almost every single track is great. I, I, I loved it. That is like the quintessential, like, um, I guess screamo. This is this is this is like a good example of screamo. But like everything they were doing on this record was great. Um, they did do one other album after that, but uh, it's "Say Hello to Sunshine." I actually enjoyed it, so that's also why too I didn't include it as a one album wonder because I didn't mind it. But I know it just like hit came with like a thud essentially. Like no one really cared about it, and then they released another album in 2014 and. I never heard a peep about that. And they basically just tour on what it is to burn anyways. Anyone on uh, Finch? Uh, they were one of the ones that I considered, but I, I do like that. There's a lot of songs on that second one I do like. And yeah. like I, you listen to it, with like especially with good headphones, and you realize, like, wow, they really up their game, actually, if you think about like what they're doing here. It's just, it was such a departure from There's what songs, everybody wanted. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they wanted what it is to burn part two, and of course they're not going to do that. And- I, I wanted something more aggressive, but like you know, you know, you try to involve whichever way you like. But yeah, because they're the what it is to burn. It's very simple. The songs are very very easy to power play. Chords. Yeah, it's power <laughs> chords. That's basically it. Yeah, uh, I mean Finch. Uh, it's the same thing with uh, taking back Sunday. Like I think bite marks and blood stains might actually be my favorite individual Finch song. Mm-hmm nothing off what it is to burn but what it is to burn front to back is a far superior album in my opinion no yeah absolutely so neither really had any sort of critical success so gonna leave that one alone and i think a uh thing i always think about is everybody talks about the sophomore slump and a lot of these bands have that we're going to talk about have maybe two albums right um or the first one was the best and then everything fell off um you know, they say it's because you spend your entire life writing your first record. Right. It's every experience you ever had. You perfect, you, you've cycled that down. And then two years later, you got to come back with 10 more songs. Yeah. You thought about it a lot <laughs> leading up to this one. Yeah. It happens um, with filmmakers all the time too. It's yeah. like, there's this one film that they were born to make or the one album that they were born to make. And then it's like, well, shit, what, what do I do well, now? What do I do? <laughs> the last one I have though, and I did want to give this a mention because this, I, I actually listened to this maybe sometime last year for the first time in like probably 10 years, and I was bopping all over the place. Starting lines, uh, say it like you mean it. I love that record. It is a perfect pop punk record, front to back, like every song on there. The, the hooks are catchy. It just, and it, and it just rocks too. It, it just one of those albums too, seeing it live, it was just such a joy to see. And uh, they didn't really do anything very good after that, and they kind of just faded away, anyways. And when they get back together, they're fucking playing this album, anyways. So, you know, same thing with pretty much everyone on my honorable mentions. <laughs> all right, so let's go to our for real lists. We all nominated three. So we're going to talk about nine albums total. And then at the end, we are going to cut the dead weight and come up with our top five one album wonders in a collaborative effort. This collaborative effort will probably get a bit dicey at times because there are some albums on our actual list that we have strong disagreements about. 
All right. So, Josh, you are our special guest. Thus, we are He's giving you the so honor special. to go first. What's your first album? Well, since we're already talking about uh, mid 2000s pop punk, it's your emo. entire list. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? No. Kinda. Kinda. <laughs> I tried. Um, no, you did. And I actually, I, I actually pick up my brother all the time because every time I've, I've been in a car with him, you know, he's he's even three years older than me, and but still to this day, mm-hmm. I get in his car and still it's, the Barney it's, soundtrack. I hear you. No, it's it's still sticks and stones. My newfound glory, like dude, like you're still. This is still Not even the self-titled. Like this Come is on. still what you're on. <laughs> um, Fascinating. The a big one. I I was thinking. Uh, I mentioned coming in at number three. Say anything is a real boy i don't think you know they part of me wonders if there was a real gimmick that made us really like everything in that or at least me everything in that um and then i listened to every in in making the argument for this album i listened to all the other albums this week it's a lot and it's like the same i attempt it's just not executed at all and it nothing else comes back with like every song on that record to me is just this hit after hit after hit and i don't the follow up in defense of a genre was two albums i didn't find one song that i even entertained for a minute i really like we killed it on that record i think that song's excellent but i agree with you like it's 16 tracks <laughs> Like each, yeah, and yeah. there's like, like one that is worthwhile. Yeah, it's not a great ratio. It's kind of like Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, Stadium Arcadium. Listen, yeah. I like all I like their earlier stuff, and then they got the Stadium Arcadium. It's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, you guys did two albums of just like, the same song over and over. Like, I'm good with ten songs. You don't need to go <laughs> after try. Like, if you put more than ten songs, most likely you're gonna start throwing in some B sides. Listen, I got other shit to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's it was a grand like that was a grand attempt. At uh, making okay, where do we go from here? It was a lot edgier, but it you know in a, in the attempt, but again, it just didn't feel as honest. It didn't have that like just you know raw emotional. Hey, here's some thoughts that nobody's ever said on a record before. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I don't know if it's that they fell off as much as maybe I was already used to it, and well, now what are you doing for me? Right. You know? Yeah, I mean, Israel Boy to me is an absolutely perfect album. I think what you said, like, front to back, track 1 through 13, I believe it is. Like, every single one is just as good as the one before it. And there is not a song that I skip on that record. It is one of my all-time favorites. And I still just listen through it, like, once every couple months because I, I love it so much. And what you said, like, the raw emotion and the pure bile and hatred that he's spitting out is just like, it's nothing like I'd ever heard before on a record. And so smart too. There's it's, it's also one of those records that there's just so many lines that you could just like in the middle of your day, just think like, I can't get laid in this town without these pointy fucking shoes. (laughs) And it's just, (laughs) I literally look outside my back door because there's so many fucking stray cats that come through. And I'm always just thinking, Red yellow cat, or was it red orange cat, or something like red, that? Red cat slash yellow cat. Yeah, red cat, red cat slash yellow cat, and I'm just always just like thinking, I watch my yellow cat, and I'm just like, it's going on in my backyard right now. I literally did watch two cats fight the other day, and it was 
spectacular. Um, and thought and literally thought to myself, I dare not wedge my foot between them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I, I I agree. Like this album. I remember exactly where I was when I first listened to it. I remember seeing them live. Uh, I think Armor for Sleep's like release show for What to Do When You're Dead. Yes, yeah, winners, right? Dude, oh, that yeah. was so good, and they and they like they kind of blew my mind in terms of what like, they were. Oh. Yeah, what they were presenting in terms of an album like this was something I had never heard before. This was something completely different. I felt like in the realm of like emo, you you made this like sort of very focused album that was so wonderfully crafted, and it yeah almost kind of fits the narrative of you were born to make this album and you fucking did it. And then and then why I would consider it as well a one album wonder is because he just he he went heavy on the synths. Like literally made an album I think where it was like all synthesizers. <laughs> and I was just like you're doing exactly what I hate every band does. They get a synthesizer in their group and they're like well let's fuck around and they just overdo it. But yeah, I just shit like when there's um when they do emo karaoke's around here, I do belt because belts are so <laughs> fucking fun to do. You have the call and response. It's it's a lot of fun. No, and I mean one of the th- great things about this album, you know, you know, we mentioned the call and response, but it's like it's like a stage performance throughout. Where it's like he's an giving, opera. Yeah. Exactly, he's giving instructions to the band, like you know, let's speed it up, go, and then like they speed up the guitar riff, and it, the way that he's giving stage instructions, almost like he's a director of this like symphony it's just it's nothing like i've ever heard on a pop punk record before and nothing i've ever heard since like i think this is the gold standard of pop punk for me it's like it's it's in like one of my all times like this is just one of the most memorable records like yeah it defines kind of what i listen to kind of later on it also should be mentioned with what you just said Corey. the uh instructions yeah the record begins with a song of rebellion Yeah. yeah i love that that's it (laughs) <laughs> it's only a few lines, but I'm having anxiety about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tell me it. No, no. He's like, he goes, you don't have to. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Do you want to hear it? <laughs> no, it is. It's great. Like throughout. Are they in a car? Because like, I know there's like it's a click track, way, but it, sure. it sounds like he's hitting the directional. Yeah, I couldn't. I, I could never tell. I, I like it's It's probably him and the engineer. It has to be. But it sounds like it's in a car. I don't know. And now I'm just like thinking too, I'm like, what is it like to work with this guy? Like, yeah. this is like, if that was like a real reaction, like this is what you said. <laughs> no, and I mean, for me, I think it's, I think Max Bemis's mental health can't be we overlooked. Can't, yeah. We can't in terms not mention of, that. <laughs> like how his career went afterwards. Because, I mean, and unfortunately, like he has a whole slew of issues. And I think, you know, for me, another band is like Titus Andronicus and they kind of go up and down and it's all about like, you know, Patrick Stickles, he's manic at times and he's depressive at times and can't get things done. So like, I I feel like that has to have something to do with how their career went afterwards. And like we said, like this was the perfect record, the record he was born to make the record he'd spent so long on. And then like the pressures of like having to do that again, I feel like probably had. I feel like it broke him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, wow, I can get sexual too. Like to ha- to make that after this album came out, it was like, if this is the direction we're gonna go in, you know, this could be fun. This could be because I thought that was so wildly creative. Just everything about that song too. We had to dance for it in college. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah. It, so yeah, it was just unfortunate that I think there was another song on on that was like it became like it the was a real boy. 
extra. Yeah, yeah. There was another one that was that that song was even good too. So yeah, it was a real disappointment to kind of see what came after it. But no, I like this pick. Corey. All right. So I will go with my first one. I'm going to just go in chronological order with my three. Uh, the first one I'm going to talk about is Mace Harlem World. In 1997, Mace was on top of the world. He was on... I think he even said that. Yeah, he probably did. And he really was. Like, he was on some of the biggest tracks in the world at that point. He was on the Biggie track, posthumously, Mo Money, Mo Problems. And honestly, he was... He may have even... No, that's not true. But he 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 punched with Biggie on his verse on that track. Right. And then he released... Harlem World, and I think this record is just outstanding. I really love Mace's flow. He's got this laid back, really melodic flow to him, and I like when they put it on a more poppy beat, like on something um, like Feel So Good. Love You So. Love You So. Like, I, I really like that because, especially on Feel So Good, you know, they're talking about kind of all the glamour that goes with being a rapper. And he's just kind of laid back and detached about it. And it puts like this extra layer of cool on him where he's just like, yeah, I got all this shit, but I don't really care. And then there's also tracks like Take What's Yours with DMX, where they're kind of juxtaposing his laid back melodic flow with a more sinister beat. And I really like when they do that, too. Um, You know, on a track like that, he's kind of the the laid back general and DMX is kind of like the crazy sidekick who just comes in real hot with the barks and stuff. And, you know, I I just think Mace Harlem World is a great record. And then he never really came back from that. He tried and, well, he kind of like found God and became a minister and then tried to do a couple comeback records and nothing, it, it never really happened for him again. So knowing this was your pick, I was going to come back at you with that his follow up went double platinum and say, well, so he didn't actually really fall off until after. However, under Beam's direction, I listened to it. <laughs> and it's just not, it's not there. It's not good. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> the thing. Is like, it, it's one of those cases where basically... Like, Check that out. Just make sure. Basically, his first record and how great it was, people came for the second record and were like, hell yeah, Mace. But, and, and that record also is what caused him to like go off the cliff in the God direction because he was that record was a lot more like street gangster and he felt a certain kind of way about it. And it was like, this isn't me. I got to go find God. So it also set him on a path of like not knowing who he was because he was trying to fulfill this kind of rap stereotype with that second record. I feel like, and I don't know if it's because I know what happened after that, but it sounds very much like it's almost phoned in of like trying to say something to be tough. Yeah. And then, but like he doesn't, it doesn't sound believable. He doesn't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't believe it himself. Yeah. And so it also kind of set him on this like path of self-discovery and good for him. He became a minister. He seems to be doing well, but in terms of like his music, it never really hit the level of Harlem world. This album was one. So it's one of the ones that I bought the clean version from Walmart from. And, uh, I loved it. It was like up there, like, you know, with Puffy's first release, you know, um, Life After Deaths, you know, from Biggie, like this all kind of came out around the same time. And I was I was listening to all that at the same time. But this one always stood out. And a lot of it was because of what you were saying, Corey, is like that sort of laid back delivery that he had. But it had so much swagger with it. And but it was also at times very deliberate. 
Um, and, it, you know, there are just so many good tracks on there. It also has one of my favorite tracks from this era, 24 Hours to Live, with with The Locks and uh, was it DMX and Black Rob. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just one of my favorite tracks, um, kind of in hip-hop. It's just one that's always stuck with me that when I, I, I re-listened to it for this, it, it stood out. It's still, it's still always good. The one thing I did mention to Josh that kind of gets on me, though, is just the amount of like tiny little bell sounds you keep hearing in the background or just like there always sounds like he's like going around chimes or just like you're just hearing that all the time and but i will say and i think it's on love you so where you just hear the constant uh women going just like doing that all or we i think they're even just doing that um it was little woo girls like just keep popping up on the track that's about puffy's production that's not mesa's fault puffy's always inserting himself speaking of puffy (laughs) like i almost want to be like how many times he's featured on this album and you just got to believe that mace is just thinking by like track i don't even know at this stage like just being like bro like on on looking at me you literally did like a minute long spoken word intro and just kind of explain the track like why do you need all right fine i guess i wouldn't be here without you no it is i i i have a lot of problems with puffy on some of these releases but I, I think Mace is perfect. One of my great regrets in life is that he wasn't really around working in like the mid 2000s. I would have given anyone all of my money to hear. And it's not very much money, so I don't think it would have gotten it done. Right. But having Kanye West produce a Mace album with all his like soul samples and oh. funk samples and just get Mace on those tracks, like give, I'll take all my money. I want that. It's only like $10,000, but maybe that'll get something done. Funny you bring that up because they actually have a history on Kanye's Devil in a New Dress. He said, why are you standing there with your face screwed up? Don't leave when you're hot. That's how Mace screwed up. Um, And Mace, years later, called Kanye out on the internet for Kanye then doing what Kanye did and leaving as well to join the cloth. And uh, Kanye actually bowed down and said that I got my original flow from Mace. Uh, he's completely right in his criticism of what I said. I take back the line, and, which is not like Kanye. No, to I mean, take back a lyric. Mace, Mace is Kanye's favorite rapper, and that's why I also think it would have been great them collaborating together and just like get Mace on Kanye's beats. We definitely it would missed, be fucking incredible. Completely missed out on that. Uh, Beam, let's go to your first one. My first one is Silent Drives. Love is worth it. Now, the reason why this is a one-album wonder is because they literally had one album. They had promised another album. They released some sort of demos kind of that were supposed to be in preparation for that album back in like 2008, I think. Nothing ever came from it. Also, they released it on MySpace, like just the most, you know, just very um, emblematic of our time. This album to me, I I just had it's an it's part of its nostalgia thing, but it's one that has held up for me every single time I listen to it. It was, I guess you would say maybe sort of a screamo album as well. Um, I don't know if it would be more considered kind of like hardcore mixed with various other genres. Someone can someone uh, compared him or compared them to Refused, and I don't know how much I agree with that, but that's neither here nor there. That's a big miss, actually. I, what do you mean? That that's just a wrong comparison. No, yeah, well, it's they're not the same. They don't sound anything like. No, them. they sound nothing like. No, them. I was, they but don't I was sound anything like each other. And refused is really good. Interesting. <laughs> so no, I. I but really, also, I was also thinking, should we have talked about the shape of punk to come on this podcast? 
Yeah, yeah, that is another good point. I thought about that because that album is fucking phenomenal. Someone's like, yeah, they heard Shape of Punk to come once and then they liked it. But I thought this album is like really diverse. I, re- I really like the lead singer's vocals on it. Zach, oh God, I'm forgetting his last name. But um, I, I really liked his vocals on Zach Jordan, I think it is. I, I really liked his vocals on it. I thought he could sing really well. His scream was pretty much almost a yell, sort of gotten to sort of screech, but actual screaming level that I kind of enjoy. Um, it had these kind of piano flourishes on different tracks. Like they were trying stuff that I don't think a lot of people were doing at this time uh, in, in that scene. And, you know, you got members from like Bane, Drowning Man, which I know this kind of goes against Josh's rules because they were successful in other groups. I'll allow it. Yeah. Well, all right. Good. I'm glad he allows it. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, I always liked this album. I mean, the first time I saw them too, it was the release show for Endicott whatever the name of their album was and we were in the basement of Trinity Church and these guys came on and they were, I was just like oh my god like they, they put in a powerful performance for me and it stuck with me yeah I am of the opinion that this band is phenomenal live I saw them two or three times when we were in high school and I thought they were absolutely outstanding every single time but it's a no for me dog on the record I do not like the record but I would go see them right now if they were touring, I would absolutely be in the crowd. I think they have so much energy. I think they put on a really great live show. In the live setting, the songs work a little bit better for me, but when I just listen to it, it, it doesn't hit for me. It didn't hit for me in high school. It was not. I mean, I was aware of them. I've heard it, but it, it wasn't on my rotation at all. Um, never bought it. Looking back, it's I, I do think it's very good. Um, it's not the style of post-hardcore that I really like, but I do agree with everything you said about the good qualities of it, the piano flourishes. Uh, I like it, you know, it's funny, with two members of Bane, I actually yeah. like it more than I like Bane. Sorry. No, I know. Dude, I'm in the same way. I don't really ever listen to, to Bane. Cri- to criticize Bane, I always feel like, I just want to say... Yes, we know they're the patron saints of hardcore, but please. I also saw them at Trinity Church, yeah. uh, Bane. I don't know. Yeah, this this album, I, I I can understand it. It's not one that I I think that a ton of people liked, but for me, s- simply also too because they made one album. Like I said, they were just doing stuff that I didn't think other people were doing. They had some riffs on there that I thought were really great. Uh, Four sixteen, I think, is just such a powerful track. Or just like it really grabs you by grabs you by the balls. I think right at the outset because it starts out slow. Although I will, and then obviously builds up to. Um, you know what the rest of the song with the energy for the rest of the song is going to be which is fairly intense they do kind of follow that same formula throughout the rest of the rest of the album but again it's a band that i think was one putting out their first record and while it may not be like maybe some others debuts mainly because they were in different bands like actually you know active touring bands that were pretty well known like like I said Bane and Drowning Man are definitely ones that are always sort of in the lexicon when we're talking about sort of hardcore bands they're part of the West uh, the the Massachusetts hardcore scene so I think that with what they were going for here I always really enjoyed and maybe it's more of a nostalgia thing but it's one way I love like singing along to because I think his vocals are so dynamic but I can also take the criticism on that one for sure 416 is a fucking phenomenal album opener and a phenomenal set opener. Like, just come out with the guitarist just doing the little riff, and then yeah. like, everybody kind of slowly comes in, and then just 
burst in with these screaming vocals. Like a nice little wall of sound. Yeah. I I'm into it as a live thing. No, I totally get, I I totally get that. And the way things work for me too, is that if it catches me live, I'm able to appreciate it on the album. All right, Josh, let's go to your next one. Uh, sticking with Massachusetts, uh, the Boston scene, uh, the receiving end of sirens between the heart and the synapse. I love that record. That, that was a the most adventurous first album I think to my knowledge that a band has done especially at least in our the scene that we're familiar with the there's a huge focus on calling back with, and reprises and even like reverse reprises where like there's like a little tiny melody here and then you're gonna hear it actually that's the chorus to five songs down the road um, and and the way they built that entire album front to back and it there's there's three minute long interludes and they're not boring at all they're intense dun, 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 dun. and and it just keeps you captivated edge of your seat it's a, it's an album that you listen to on the edge of your seat it's a it's i can't even it's definitely in my top five favorite favorite albums of all time sorry about that top, i mean <laughs> judging by your list here yeah i get that um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying I disagree. I'm very but. mono mono in my list. Um, but and then after Casey Crescenzo left the band, they made a follow up. The Earth sings me fa me. If you were to give me that record on its own without any other context, just say hey, listen to this record. I'd say yeah, that's pretty. That's all right. That's that's good music. Um, you compare it to the first record and I don't even, it, it's not even the same. And I, I think pretty much any fan of that band would agree. I 100% agree. I have absolutely no qualms with this. I think the follow up is average at best. And I think Between the Heart and Synapse is a transcendent record that everything that you just said, it's just, it reeks of the, this is the album we were born to make because it's so. It's so nuanced in the way that they intertwine all of the ideas and all of the songs, both musically and lyrically. And it's just kind of another perfect record, but it was like, well, that's about all we got. And I honestly think Casey leaving the band didn't have that much to do with it because the deer hunter wasn't all that great either. Uh, I think this was the record he was born to write and make. I think other people would disagree with you, but I know they do, but I feel that I I understand. (laughs) I, I enjoy I enjoy listening to deer record or the deer hunter records, deer, the deer hunter records. Um, but they don't hit like that no. at all. And that's all I can think while listening to deer hunter. I'm like, what? Like, oh, that, the receiving end of sirens. What are you doing? I, that, that melody there would have been great on a follow up to the receiving end of sirens record. <laughs> you were doing, you were doing more on the receiving end of sirens. Um, I, I, yeah, I got no qualms with this pick. I fucking love this. I remember when, like, I think like it, it might've been Joe Donlin previous guest that has been on the show for a few amount of times shout out to chumbawamba <laughs> that uh like fucking planning a prison break is such a great opener it just hits so hard they come out and they're like this is we're gonna keep this energy the same the the entirety of this and, album and that's the single i know and that was the <laughs> single too so like everything about this record i loved like it just it, it did make you kind of feel like you were part of a really high intense 
intensity uh, spy thriller. Yes. Uh, yep. which which was really cool. I mean, I, I know that's a lot of it has to do with the lyrics, but for some reason, just the way the guitars were, the guitar parts were written along with the synth parts that don't really overtake. It's almost kind of like a, the way Under Oath would use it in the beginning kind of stuff, just the way the synths sort of worked. They were, they were background. They added some layer to the rest of the music and... Yeah, you kind of felt like you were trying to escape. You're trying to spy on people. There's, it's you know that there's, and there's kind of a war going back and forth. It's awesome. There's countless melodies where you think like, oh, here's the chorus. Yeah, and then no, no, that was just a random bridge, and then we're going back to a verse, and then here's the chorus. Oh wait, that's not actually the chorus. Yet. Here's the chorus. <laughs> and I love the way that they they close the album on the same note that they opened it with, like yeah. the choir singing, "This yeah. is the last night in my body," and. It's just... Which is the, a hell of a line, yeah. too. I love that line. And it's just like the full vision from front to back to have it start the same way that it ended. It's part of what I love about Spanish love songs and mm-hmm. their new record, the way that the, the oh, album shit. Did closer... Did they just copy the receiving end of sirens? <laughs> Did we just well, realize that? I, I don't know, but like the way that the album closer is a culmination of the entire album. It's not just another track that's put on there. It's like a statement about what the whole rest of the album was about, and it ties back into what was going on in the rest of the album. So that's what I love about when a band does that, and it's like a full vision instead of just like a collection of songs. It's so well thought out and just so well executed at every level. Like what they were going for, they accomplished in spades. Like they did such a good job writing this album. And yeah, that's why the follow-up is such a dud. My... My viewpoint nowadays as a father, I keep hearing this song, Row, Row, Row Your Boat. And I remember and early... And keep singing it at work. I don't fucking get it. <laughs> early music class, like in third grade or whatever, they have you do what's called a round. So that song is built, Row, Row, Row Your Boat, Gently row, Down row, the Stream. Exactly. Right, Thanks. right, yeah. Um, and there's they so many... do it in Dante's Peak, one of our favorite movies on this Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've heard that. While they're just burning in acid water. Um, so, you know, there's there's a lot of moments like that where, like, you heard this one melody earlier, and now it's go- going over the main melody of, this is the last night in my body, somehow, for now, oh, how I've been teething. And it's and it, it, it comes together, like, you you thought of that? Like a person thought of that. I want to. I want. I want more on the the writing of this album. I want. I want to have been in there. There's got to be some video somewhere, right? They they have videos. I, I don't know. Release it. <laughs> release it's, the tapes. Release the tapes. It's a it's a phenomenal pick. All right, Corey. What is your next pick? My next pick is Motion City Soundtrack's 2003 album. I am the movie. And this was my Taking Back Sunday comp that I made earlier. I believe this record is better than Tell All Your Friends. I truly believe that. You can give me all the flack you want. I will defend it. Who are you talking to? Just anyone. Okay. I mean, I feel like a lot of people out there are going to disagree. Do you think people in this room are? I don't know. Okay. Possibly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, It's pretty widely held belief that, like, Tell All Your Friends is a masterpiece. And so if I'm saying this, I don't know. But anyway. I I, I know what you mean. It's, It's blasphemous. Yeah. So, like, I am here to defend I Am The Movie. I think it's a phenomenal album. And what I love about it so much is that in pop punk at this time, this was completely different. No one was really doing the synthesizer thing to this degree. I mean, you had Reggie in the full effect, but 
a lot of people kind of viewed them as a bit of a joke band because of tracks like Apocalypse Wow. And I really, really like Reggie and the Full Effect. I'm sorry, Apocalypse Wow is so good. Well, yeah, but it's kind of like a joke track. Like, let's get it on. Like, yes, I want that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great. And don't get me wrong. I love Reggie and the Full Effect. But I Am the Movie is a phenomenal album. And another thing that pop people are probably going to say potentially is like, dude, Commit This to Memory was like the big album that made them. And it had Everything is All Right, which is like their big single. And yeah, you're right. But it's also the same exact record as I Am the Movie. So like they just built a record and then built a career off of that one record. And good for them. They made it as musicians. I'm proud of you guys. But I Am the Movie was your best record. And that's the way I feel. <laughs> I All right. So I love I Am the Movie. I'm the movie's fucking great album. Just from beginning to end with Cambridge, uh, Future Freaks Me Out, uh, Boombox Generation, Capital H. Those songs are just so awesome. Like you said. Capital H is my only skip. Oh, wow. Capital H I actually really enjoy. Mary Without Sound is is the banger for me. I no, love that track so much. Mary, Mary Without Sound is... Listen, again, I, I love all of those songs. But those are the ones like... Capital H I really like just because I love the hook in that I don't know why that just that just was very pleasing to my ears but this this is this album is great and in terms of like the synthesizers like you mentioned to this degree they just did it well some people just overdo it with the fucking synths they don't know what they're doing they just know they have a new toy and they're gonna play way too much with it and it kind of kneecaps a lot of different acts that, for for me at least um yeah i always love this album i don't think i ever got to see them live because they're one band that i would have loved to have seen live especially on this record Commit this to memory, though. I actually enjoy because I do like everything is all right. I in, although I was confused as to whether it was on I am the movie or uh, commit this to memory because they're the same record. No, so I actually don't <laughs> agree with you that they are the same record, though. I do think commit this to memory is a little bit of a different record. I don't think it, it is completely the same as what they did on I am the movie. And there are other songs like like resolution. I don't think that song exists as much for me on. I am the movie. Uh, and then also, Let's Get Fucked Up and Die, which it's the acronym Greatest for it. opening to a song. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I can't find its equal on I am the movie either. So I, I, I don't know. I, and, and that's why this one specifically for me is a little tough to consider a one album. Their, their, their second album was, was good. It certainly wasn't as good as I am the movie, but I just don't know if that constitutes as a one album wonder. That would only be my my thing. I don't think they're the same record in that Commit This to Memory I, I find to be a little more uh, a little more downy. I feel like I in the movie is is there there's definitely depressing lyrics they in there. They seem but more hopeful in I in the movie it's where like, it's like it's not working and commit this to memory. I in the, yeah, I in the movie is still like, whatever, check it out, I'm rocking steady. Yeah. And and commit this to memory is like pills and get wasted and fucking kill yourself. Yeah. But I like the juxtaposition on I Am The Movie where, and that's something that I'm very into, and I will admit to that. I like when you have a dancey, upbeat record that has depressing lyrics. It's why I love Passion Pit so much. So that is just kind of in my wheelhouse. And when Commit This to Memory is going so into the downer side, I'm just like, all right, I guess. Fair enough. Yeah, it's just... I don't disagree with you in terms of which album is better. I Am The Movie is far superior to Commit This To Memory, but I also remember when I was younger, like, actually enjoying Commit This To Memory. 
listening to it quite a bit. I mean, now I don't as much. It's it actually I haven't listened to I Am the Movie in quite some time until this. But if I think of an of Motion City soundtrack album art, just like pick Motion City soundtrack. Yeah, I picture the Kim with this memory. Same. Record. Probably because that was Hot Topic and whatever, you know, right. it, it made them very famous. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, but, so it the the only reason I would say it I have a hard time having it on the list would just be the popularity of the second one. And since Beam and I both think that there's plenty of, of great songs on it. There's there's at, least, there's at least three to four songs that are like, yes. Yeah, I, I don't, I, there are definitely some duds in there, but yeah. At overall, I, I do like yeah, that. That's, album. T- that's a tough one. I am the movie front to back. It's perfect. Beam, let's go to your next one. <laughs> My next. I mean, no one disagreed with that. I think we. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next one wasn't, so I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> I just, just trying to follow some rules here. Uh, the next one I'm going to talk about is Deltron 3030, self titled Deltron 3030. It is the combination of Del the Funky Homo Sapien, Dan the Automator, Kid Koala. This one I discovered in college because of skiing and snowboarding videos. And this music honestly fits it perfectly. It just has that vibe that when you're going down a mountain, it feels like you're kind of just gliding through everything. But it also has this sort of very dark and brooding kind of beat to it as well that just makes you kind of just want to, you know, almost be gliding back and forth. You're not, you're nodding your head. Dell's got this awesome flow that I feel like uh, the production does not really overshadow as much. It really complements it very well. And it's also an album where it's, it's, it's very much a concept album of Dell, this kind of, I guess we'll say the hero of this record being named Deltron Zero with the automator going to i guess mars to battle rap a bunch of people to take down i guess they call them the corporations and stuff like that but it's basically just sort of the image for or at least sort of the symbol of capitalism and just all of the injustice that kind of comes from that sort of system and what he's essentially doing is just battle rapping people and when he's battle rapping he's or when he's when he's when he's rapping He's just talking about how great he is, but using scientific terminology, and I just think it's amazing. Like, no one else is really doing... Like, he's he's doing something on a different level. I, I love the dude's flow. His voice is great. Um, if you don't know who it is, it's it's the guy rapping in, in Clint Eastwood by the Gorillas. Like, this is... It's the same dude, and he just... For some reason, when you hear his voice, it's iconic. You know it's him. It's an album that's always stuck with me. It's one that it takes you on a journey. I just I remember I actually listened to it last night, like lights off, like headphones on, and I was just vibing out to it. It it, it is it is a great record. I completely agree with you that this is a phenomenal record. This is the record on your list that I like the most and have absolutely no problems with. The only thing I'm gonna push back on slightly is that he was not the only one doing this. This was like a movement in rap. You know, you get these things in like music genres where, you know, you get the big boom and then you get the people who are like subverting it and doing this underground thing. And this is kind of when like LP first came out and he was doing similar things in this era and people like Bus Driver. And this is where you got these like underground rappers starting to do the weird rap things. But I completely agree with you that Del the Funky Funky Homo Sapien on this record the way that they weave in this concept of like battle rapping his way through the universe is so fucking cool. And 
I absolutely adore this record. I hadn't heard much in terms of like the science fiction realm that this this guy went, which I unless there are, I hadn't heard it before. It's just like LP's early stuff, ASAP Rocks, ASAP Rocks early stuff, stuff like that. But I mean, if it introduced to, to it, it's I mean, that great, great introduction. Me. No, it was it was like it was something that led me into a different style of rap that I didn't know, or a different style of hip hop that I didn't know existed. I so I didn't actually know this record to be honest. Which uh, it's it's not one that was always. I mean, when people do talk about Del the Funky Homo Sapiens, sure, there is. I wish my brother George was here and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But like this album is the one that everyone knows. And like in terms of from him. Yeah. So listening to it, twenty one years removed from when it came out uh, for the first time, seeing it on your list and going, "Oh, I actually don't know that." Wow. Okay, that's embarrassing. First of all, <laughs> not really. Uh, but, well, yeah. no, I, I like things like this. I, 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 you know, I, I try to, I try to know things. You no, know? fair and, enough. Uh, not knowing it, I was like, oh, this existed this whole time. Um, I, I, I don't have the history to discuss it at, at length, but I, I do not have any qualms with it being on a list. I think it's, it's just any list, not it, just no list. any list. It's, all the lists. Well, it's ridiculously it creative. It's, I mean, this came out. At the, the same year as the follow-up to Harlem World, I believe. Uh, 99, actually. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> but, um, you know, at, at that time in hip in mainstream hip-hop, there's, you know, it's Jay-Z starting to get popular. Mace was on top of the world. And then there's this of, like, what? Right. And and to Corey's point, that yeah, there there are similar things that happen. And, and there is that moment, like... As soon as Drake Drake starts getting popular, there's Tyler the Creator to to counteract, like oh, there's also this guy doing this weird thing. Yep. Um, but they did put out a record in 2014 or something like that. They did. It was not but, that great. Um, so I I don't see any reason why this is not a great yeah. great piece to be on the list. It's it's a it's really great. Uh, concept a concept rap record that goes through space. I can't. I can't argue, and 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 it's an original flow that you can't you can't hear anywhere else from anybody else. I quite like Event Two. I will say that, but this is a far superior record, so I can't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fight. No, Event Two. Event Two. Like, I feel like you know, Danny, Dan Automator, and and Kikwa bring it, but it, in terms of it, just doesn't fit the motif of like this sort of. futuristic space odyssey like i just didn't get that on event two as much as i did on for deltron 3030 brings you there you feel like you're in this universe you just the images that you conjure up in your head are just very you know it's dark but it's metallic it's just you're thinking spaceships and everything else just sort of when you're listening to it I mean, man, songs like Madness, like when it just feels like you're floating when you're when you're listening to that while skiing or something like that it just it just fits perfectly with it 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 almost has a the way a lot of like that early code in cambria stuff had like yeah am i wait am i actually watching a battle in space like is this what we're talking about space battles am i right reading now? a comic book am it, i watching yeah, a movie what, like, it has, it has a that lot. ability yeah, yeah it has that like you're actually picturing a comic comic book character coming in and you know might be because i know the voice from the gorillas that i'm also, yeah i'm all but yeah. i'm so i'm like picturing him as that guy and and but like also it, it, it's pretty intense and it, it's and dude it's he's just always walking around stage with a backpack man I, I yeah it's just like he I mean he fit like sort of that underground style uh, and, and and 
and no offense to LP and Aesop, like people who were obviously doing this before. This is just like you said, it was it was my introduction. I hadn't heard something like this in hip hop before. It's something that was perfect for me, just sort of in college and and, and listening to that. I mean, fucking the one that just gets stuck in my head things you can do just hearing that loop over and over oh man that sample i fucking love that so much so yeah this is this is a fantastic record for me all right josh what's your next one well before we get to josh's i just really quickly want to say everything's been everything's been really cordial so far and we promised oh we promised blood at the beginning this is where it comes (laughs) Because this, these third records is, I think, where we have some disagreement. I, I, I think we all held off. We, we, we all did our agreeable ones <laughs> It's first. really weird. There was like well, an I unspoken... Just did chronicli- I just did chronological order, so it just happened to be this way. But yeah, it, it worked out that like... Josh and I almost kind of like ones. held back a little bit. and Because I know that's exactly what I did. I but, actually uh, switched my order because he talked about Silent Drive. I said, "Well, let's stick in Massachusetts." Then. <laughs> yeah, that no, was good. That was a good. Uh, that was a good segue. This you did is, well. Then. This is where it gets contentious. So, Josh, go ahead. Another great album that uh, there is only one of is Neutral Milk Hotels in the Aeroplane Over the Sea. They only had two records. This was their second. The first one on Avery Island has a lot of the same raw analogy style you know not much different in the way of how the band plays but when they got to their second record he took Jeff Mangum and company took their songwriting to another level and wrote a concept record that to me as unagreeable as my wife finds his voice to be I consider it very beautiful. <laughs> um, it's it's to me. I I think his voice is is great, and I absolutely love every song on the record. It's a concept record for those unfamiliar. Um, basically, weaving a dream he had after reading the diary of Anne Frank, where he almost is in love with Anne Frank as a boy in Holland, nineteen forty five. Is that fair? <laughs> Uh, while, while also mixing in very you know, his current modern situation, it's almost, it almost plays like it as an allegory the entire time. Funny, this is the second record on my list that has uh, songs about Nazis. Oh, so, yeah, that's a, fair. Yeah. That's true. Uh, sex, actually, during World War II. Sex in World War II. Yes. Uh, How yeah. old was Anne Frank? She was, a, oh, that, mm, yeah, she was a, a young girl. Yeah, she was? Yes. Yeah. Uh, not a woman. Well, I, so I don't think he's, he's not saying that he's in love with this little girl. Okay. We're uh, backtracking. I think <laughs> he, it's like this, it's this dreamscape of him in that time as like, as with, it's not specific. It's okay. You're almost there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, I, my contention here has nothing to do with in the airplane over the sea. I think this is an absolutely perfect record. I think O'Cumley is one of the most influential tracks on one of my favorite bands, Titus Andronicus. And so I absolutely adore this record. My big contention is on Avery Island is a fucking masterpiece. So to me, all of the DNA that existed in this album, which is perfect. And yes, they did improve on it. But this record doesn't exist without On Avery Island, and I think On Avery Island is just a lo-fi masterpiece. So that is my only contention with this pick. 
I I I I like this album. I mean, I don't have the history with it that everyone else does. That's partially because I think I knew people that I never got into Death Cab for Cutie. I didn't get into some of the more classic emo stuff. Connor Ogres later in life, or just Bright Eyes, I guess I should say. And, you know, Neutral Milk Hotel was sort of wrapped in all of that. And I was like, listen, if this is what these people are listening to, I don't want to be part of that. But, yeah, so it wasn't an album that, that I that I initially listened to. However, I went to this festival in Toronto, and they were headlining. And it felt like a rare occurrence. It is. Yeah, everyone, everyone else treated it as such. Apparently, I was privileged enough to see it. Which could piss off a lot of people who really love this album and like, who's this motherfucker that doesn't even appreciate these guys and you got to see them live? What the hell? But, I mean, they put on a great performance. Sarah, you know, my wife Sarah and I, we, we loved it. I, I, I thought it was awesome. It, it didn't make me go back and listen to the album. This is really the first time I think I listened to the album in full was for this podcast. Ugh. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But anyway, and uh, what I found about it, and I, and I texted this to Josh, I was like, man... This you could just tell that the Decemberists pulled a lot from this because it just feels like their styles. Everybody who was in that range afterwards that was doing like slightly experimental kind of weird folky stuff like the Decemberists just ripped this album straight off. And yeah, this is like one of the most influential albums ever. Where I've heard it, where I heard it the most, where I've heard it the most clearly though, is the early Decemberist yeah. work. Because Colin Malloy, I think he's a fa- he does a fantastic job of w- weaving in these sort of hysterical narratives that uh, his- historical narratives, narratives. I'm sorry, into they're also slightly the hysterical. So it works. some of them are slightly <laughs> hysterical. That's cool. I mean, I mean, his I think some of his songwriting is so vivid and descriptive that I I love it so much. Um, they're also a great live band. Um, if you if we were to compare live acts, like say the December's performance to Neutral Milk Hotel. December's might beat them. Uh, well, I mean, Neutral Milk Hotel broke up after this record. <laughs> no, that's true. So their 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 chemistry on stage might not be there. I mean, uh, you got a guy playing a saw. I don't know how wild he can. There get is that. a saw. Oh my god, the singing saw. I saw him at BAM. It was just phenomenal. What wasn't it? I love like it. oh the singing saw. Just put it in every song. I don't care. <laughs> I don't know if I agree. With that. Um, it's it's one of those records that. I mean, well, first of all, it's we, you talk about all the other bands, uh-huh. absolutely a huge influence on pretty much everything yeah. that came after it for anybody who heard it. Yeah. Um, it's also could be one of those records that somebody would say, oh, yeah, these hipsters sitting there talking about Neutral <laughs> Milk Hotel, geez, with a candle on the table. Um, no but, one had to know about the candle. <laughs> um, but it's it, it's one of those records i you you bring up the name to the album and i will just immediately just start feeling emotions and like songs just start playing in my head um that like it's just such a home run to Corey's point you know that's just like your opinion dude <laughs> <laughs> um Avery Island, I mean, to me, I'm not into it. I, 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 I guess we have to agree to disagree there. Um, and I don't know, have you heard that beam? No. Fucking. So, 
So that that's tough. Why do I do a music podcast with this? One? <laughs> what are you talking? There's one album that I haven't heard it's out of all this. It's the best album fucking ever. Yeah, in your opinion, that you haven't spoken to about anyone else until now. Uh, I don't feel like I need to talk about in the airplane over the sea. It's widely regarded as one of the greatest albums. Of no, all. we're talking about the next I, album, I, bro. Chill. I believe you hadn't heard that one until now. I, apparently, yeah. I believe so. There's some albums we miss. Jesus. I, I got I, shit to do. I'm also pretty sure that In the Airplane Over the Sea was the only record to ever get 10 out of 10 on Pitchfork Media. Not that that matters. I, I really could care less <laughs> about that. No, nah, Fiona Apple Fetch the Bolt Cutters oh, got it, it last year. Oh. Which I still don't understand how it, how that got it over Run the Jewels 4, but just whatever. <laughs> yeah, Fetch the Bolt Cutter is great. Don't get me wrong. It's just like... 10 it, out of 10, Brad? Now the hipsters are talking it, about Pitchfork. Give Pitch it a 9.1. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, Pitchfork. We love you, but we hate you. Um, yeah, I mean, on Avery Allen, it, it just didn't do it for me, so I, I can't go beyond just, it's such, you know, the follow-up was such a masterpiece that, it you know, it's hard for, hard for me to, to not put this on the list, but. I'm just going to agree with you because fuck Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Great. This is who we're dealing with. Uh, so my next pick. Haven't changed. Is Woo Life. Go tell fire to the mountain. Woo Life stands for World Unite Lucifer Youth Foundation, which is stupid. Um, but I love this record and I love this band. What's fascinating about this band to me is at the time they were kind of in a similar vein to like Odd Future in that they built up this cult following on the Internet before they had really even released anything. And it was just all this cryptic messaging and stuff that, didn't make any sense but like it captured the internet's imagination in a time where the internet was like first becoming a medium to do so and then i actually heard the album and i absolutely adore it it mixes so many different genres together like post-rock and chamber pop and then you add into it this like growly just unintelligible unintelligible vocals and you know that's a turnoff to some people, but I like it because I talked before about that kind of idea of juxtaposition. I love this idea of a very beautiful musical soundscape and then this really aggressive growly set of vocals. I know you guys disagree, so tell me why you don't like this record. I'll let I'll, I'll the floor is yours. Oh me, I get to go first. Um, I can go first. No, no, no. I, I, it, it's, it's fine. That's that's almost, I guess, what I would say about this album. It's fine. I, I I mean, I personally actually don't like it. I and I and maybe part of it is because I didn't have this whole cryptic doesn't make sense stuff, you know, on the internet leading up to the album because I don't remember any of that. I just remember Corey raving about this album, <clears throat> and I, I I I honestly I will admit. I trust Corey's opinion in, in, in this realm, most cases. And so I gave this album a listen, and I don't remember that listen. I remember it just being completely forgettable, and I didn't really like it. I listened to it again this time, and yeah, I guess the voice is off-putting because it's it's also like the way they layer it in the production, just it makes it even more unintelligible and is more irritating to me. And I... I, some of the music is good that's centered around it like the opening bass line on the first track is is, is great just just dancing around and, I, and it kind of moves the track a, a lot um we bros is that what it's called or whatever uh, the opening one is yes 
but there are so many great tracks. So many. No, great no, no. Bass that's lines. not what we're talking about. We don't need to even talk about how many great tracks there are because there isn't any. And I just Spitting think that blood. Oh, Spitting man. Blood is the one I hate the most oh, because so the chorus on that just is just like, what are you saying? You sound like. You sound like a wolf that may have just gotten its throat slit and it's just gurgling on its last breath. Like, that's what it sounds like to me in a lot of ways. And I just, I don't know. I, I, I didn't enjoy it. I, I guess I never knew that there was some sort of maybe, not a concept, but some sort of crypticness to it. And I just thought there were other bands that were doing this whole chamber pop thing significantly better than they were. You know, the mixture of the post-rock, I guess, with like sort of that singing, but... And for, for me, it just felt like, oh, it's, it's juxtaposition for juxtaposition's sake, in a way. I, as well, do not enjoy this record. It, to me, the post-rock side of things is great, but it, it's like if you took a bunch of bad Explosions in the Sky songs and then you put a guy, me, in my college dorm room with a with a microphone Are you plugged right say into this my setup right no now? no not this setup my Do you my think our the setup microphone is better than theirs no my the microphone directly into my Dell or no sorry my Sony Vio laptop um, using the program Audacity and I just screamed a bunch of thoughts on top of it and then I buried them under the post rock music <laughs> and you couldn't hear what I was actually saying. I think they actually are like, for me, what the Lumineers was to folk music and Ho Hey was for, for, for that genre. This is what they were for chamber pop in a, in a lot of way and like sort of that mixture of stuff in the early 2011 scene. It's nonsensical. But sure. I hear what you're saying, but like the vocals aren't important. They're just another instrument. They're I just think part they of the are sound because game. I still have to listen they, to it. They distract me from the instrumentation. I forget what else is happening in that because they're... And that's all I'm hearing the entire time. Yeah. Okay. Different strokes for different folks. I mean, I don't you know, know what it's, you want. Um, a lot of the vocals like remind me, not in sound, but uh, hear me out, uh, like bands like the Blood Brothers. Right. Where like I I loved listening to them, and then at a certain point in my life, I was like, "Do I actually enjoy this?" I do. Sicilian silhouette saloon. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you know what I mean? Like, what's yeah. going on with what are you? Why are you yelling like that? <laughs> I made I made that determination with the number. I made that determination with the number twelve looks like you. Yes. Everyone really loved that band, and then I was just like, what? "Why are we enjoying this I, band so much? What do I hear here?" And is it what? because it's another band that's doing two vocalists? Is that a thing we're into now? <laughs> All right. Yeah, uh, the Blood Brothers and the Number Twelve looks like you aren't very good. This is that's Blood Brothers. I thought were great. Um, were great, and it's also the greats. The vocals, <laughs> the vocals sound a lot like um, like a like a late Tom Waits wannabe in a way. Like, uh, and like even Tom screen. Waits gets on me every now and again. Oh, I. You're, every comp you've made is just phenomenal. Tom Waits, <laughs> yeah. fucking excellent. Exactly. Explosions in the sky, excellent. Lo-fi production, excellent. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking it's a, about. It's a, it sounds like all these great things. I like how together. you speak about it as it's definitive. Like there can't ever be so some sort I'm, of objection to it whatsoever. There, there's no objection. to What it. I'm doing is taking. <laughs> this the, is why people hate your takes. So, I, so, but, but what I did, I said it sounds like the worst explosions in the sky B side. Right. Exactly. And he's saying you're right. It sounds like explosions in the sky. So it's awesome. 
<laughs> I actually even don't like explosions in the sky all that much. You're wrong on that. Yeah, I know. Super People, wrong. Everyone says that, but that one I just, I never got into their shit. See, there's no fucking argument. You're just wrong. <laughs> go to your next one, which you are absolutely wrong about. So. Here we go. My next pick is uh, a 2000 record, Mudvayne, LD50. Uh, I chose it as a one album wonder because everything after this to me wasn't very good. It just went to really like straight radio rock. Can't they can't be they can't be they can't be adults about this. They have to giggle to themselves, which is fine. I, so you said so after this is good. What do you want? No 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 stop. So basically, what I what I want to say though with it is like obviously after after this record for me nothing else. They weren't trying to do what they were doing on this record for me. And um, I'm not going to say anything more actually about this particular record. What I want is because I've never actually gotten an actual explanation. So I just want to hear from both of you why you don't like it. And it can't just be because it's bad because that's just putting zero thought into it whatsoever. Why don't you tell me why it's good? No, I don't think that's what I have to do here. I'm in the innocent until proven guilty (laughs) stage right now. No, I'd like to apologize. I'm going to sit here and just let you guys explain. You know, we all had our time to explain why we liked a record, and mm-hmm. and the other two at in each round would would shut up for a little, and then we'd discuss. So I apologize for interrupting while oh, you were no. trying to explain. I couldn't hold back on laughter because you said everything else is not good. <laughs> I don't think this is good. So why? Why is it good? We all explain no. it. You think ours is good. You don't get a pass. I'm not saying I don't get a pass. I'm just starting out. To, you just don't like that I'm apparently flipping it on you right now. Right? Just what I, I don't hear like what you is you can't, you can't explain why it's good. Oh, I can absolutely explain why Go it's ahead. good. I'm just not choosing to right now. I well, just want to hear what you have I don't have anything to, to respond to then. Oh, my God. No, because you just haven't. See, you, listen, you didn't like it before even listening to the album, correct? I listened to it when it came out. When it first came out, you listened to the full album. Yeah. So I was what aware it, of Mudvayne. What is it that you didn't like? It's new metal, and new metal's garbage. <laughs> okay, all new metal is garbage. Name a good new metal band. Deftones. Not really new metal. Absolutely new metal. They were eh. like basically the like one of the founding and also bands average of new metal. Yes, they're the best new metal, and they're average. Okay. <laughs> I think it sounds like shit. Mm-hmm. Is why I don't like it. It's just I mean, well, okay, honestly. What makes it so, different from a lot of so, other sort of rock stuff? Because I don't see too much in this that I think is. I don't think this is. I don't. I never really considered it new metal, to be perfectly honest with you. So two things. One, this is out of all the albums we've talked about. Yeah, is definitely the worst in my opinion. Fair enough. I do not like it at all. I can find pieces of value in even the Woo Life. I do not like, but I find value in certain aspects of it. This I do. It's just. Number two, in fairness to you, I hate this style of rock, so Mm -hmm. it's very difficult for me to give it any merit, so that's why it's so laughable to put this on a list like that. To me, it's just, it's like one of the, I mean, we've been saying that's your opinion. Um, My opinion is I hate that style of music. Um, It just, it does not, it seems very inauthentic to me. It seems like we're just playing to to do it and and be in a band. I don't know. And it is, and it's just screaming motherfucker a lot and like this feign anger and there's no actual emotion. It's just like, let's talk about a serial killer because that's dark and let's change up time signatures because that's weird and interesting. But like nothing about it is actually weird and interesting. It's just, 
you're screaming suck on a motherfucking tailpipe like that's fucking poetry. It's fantastic. It's line. not. It's fucking garbage. Garbage. <laughs> so good. So obviously, I, I heard it when I was like 11 or 12 uh, when it first came out. It did. It did attract me because of the face paint. Really, like right in the beginning. Let's be honest. Like, right. It's also like I'm 11 and 12. Like, what do you expect from me, sort of, at that stage in terms of like musical musical knowledge at that stage? I'm still exploring, getting into it. With this, uh, a lot of the bands that I was listening to were kind of more in the aggressive end, and you know, I blame that sort of to just like sports I was playing at the time. Which I'm playing hockey. I want something that's just gonna fucking be driving me and getting me fucking pumped up. This album, I, I, when I first listened to it, there's some albums that I'll listen to it and I can completely remember sort of the moments in which I was listening to it. This is actually one of them. Going through the liner notes of everything, why I liked it and why I don't think it's just sort of new metal is because I think they did a really good job of mixing sort of metal with sort of prog rock too. I think there's some, you know, I do think there's some sort of like jazz and like kind of funk influences in what they're doing. I don't think it's just the chugga 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 thing over and over because they don't do that almost in every song. I think some of the riffs are really good. I think they're all very talented at what they do. I do actually do really enjoy the lead singer's vocals on it. I like his screams. Also, the lyrics on it speak to more where it comes to, say, addiction. Some of them are talking about literally just trying to figure out who the fuck you are in some of them. Yeah, I know. I actually, like, read through the lyrics on this. So did I. But, uh, I know, you did get that. And, yes, there are some of those silly ones, like, suck on a motherfucking tailpipe, which, like, sorry, I fucking think that's awesome. That's just so hilarious to me. And, um, what is it, Death Blooms, I think, is another one where they said it's just in regards to the death of his grandmother and how he was just pissed off in terms of, from, like, coming from her perspective, feeling that it was neglected by his family. So I think he does uh, touch on some other things that are just... You know, bully rock. Yeah, I don't. I didn't get that from it entirely, especially when you like are reading the lyrics and just kind of also kind of knowing what they were coming from and where where the the perspective in terms of what he was writing. I enjoyed it. The bassist is good. Drummer's phenomenal. Yeah, the rhythm section's good. If I'm gonna say something positive, that's what I can muster. Okay. I again, it's just not my thing. I can't. I it's, it's totally here. It it reminds me of every other band that sounds like that. I don't hear... I listened to the next record that, according to Wikipedia, gave them global success. I guess it did. And, and I didn't I didn't hear... I don't... like. I didn't comes, like their next When it comes to that style of music, I don't even hear that... I can't even hear the difference in the in between each song, between those records. It just sounds like... <laughs> to me. I, it's just not good. I can't, I can't even distinguish... I hear, yeah, I hear a good, a good drummer, you know, I hear it, you know, like, I mean, and, and, and like you said, talented. Yeah. They're obviously very talented. There's a lot of people that are very talented, but they, they make good records. Yeah. If I want to hear just riffs, I'll go to the local guitar store and hear the <laughs> asshole do arpeggios. Like it doesn't make good music for me. <laughs> I mean, I think all of these all of these criticisms don't really apply to what's happening here, which that's fine. And here's the thing. I could also take the tact of, well, you're just wrong, but I won't because I'm at least understanding that other people might not like this. And I'm fine with that. Here's the thing, though. This is where I've won. I forced you two to actually have to listen to it. And that in itself was a victory for me. That's not a victory. Okay. I think I can at least set the ground rules of what is a victory to me. If I have a goals and I set out to achieve them, I think I did it. That's a really slight goal, but yes. Uh, let's go to 
our final thoughts. We are going to whittle these nine down to five. And what I'm going to do is nominate what I think the five should be, given the discussion that was had. And then I will let you guys alter my list. Personally, from these... Whoa, 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 whoa. We're just going to alter your list. So you're setting the ground here. Well, somebody has to start. Somebody has yes. to start. It's just fucking simple math. Can no. I get angry? I'll, I'll, I'll I make just one. Didn't like the alter my list. To make this democratic, I'll make one nomination that Mudvayne is number nine. Yeah, I'm not even going to rank them. I'm just going to say what I think the <laughs> okay. five should yeah, be. All right. What I think the five should be should be say anything as a real boy, receiving end of sirens between the heart and synapse, Deltron 3030, Motion City soundtrack, I am the movie, and Mace Harlem World. Those are the five that I think from the five. I am open to taking some of those out. Some I think are non-negotiable to me. I don't know. I was trying to think of what I originally thought the list was going to be. And I'm actually kind of surprised that Sandy thing would be on top. I mean, in terms of the five, for me, I think it would be the receiving end of sirens, say anything. I would put on Neutro Milk Hotel, but... The problem is, is that I guess I didn't hear the next album as much. First album. The, the oh, the first album was before that one? Yeah. I didn't hear that one as much, so that's fair enough. Because I would love to have Silent Drive on there, only just because it's literally, they only made one album. But I can also see it not making the list. I don't know. Where's your hat at with I this? Think, I think Say Anything in... Trios, I think. They have to Not be just on because, there. I just think we all agreed no, on it. No, we're all in agreement yeah. on it. All in um, agreement. I think we also all definitely agreed on Mace. No? I love the Mace record. The problem is, is that if I'm going to compare it to Deltron 3030, Deltron 3030 wins out for me. Why are you comparing them? Because they're the only two rap albums? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's in a way. not fair. <laughs> okay. It's not like one or the other. <laughs> In terms of no, it's not one or the other for me. But when it ha- when it comes down to like trying to pick between all of these, it sort of does for me. And Mace is good. I just don't know if I would put it on there for me because I do like the album. Just of the other albums, though, I just wouldn't fit it on there. And Del thirty and Deltron thirty thirty, I think is 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 also good as well as. See, the problem is that I can't put I Am The Movie on there because I thought also Commit This to Memory was a good one, so I don't know how much I consider I Am The Movie a one-album wonder. So consensus, you think, I think all three of us agree, Say Anything and Trios are on it. Right. Okay. Now you're Deltron 3030, you also have on it. Yeah. I think it should be on. And I think it should. You also have, and I, I think it should also be on. So there we have three. Okay. Which leaves us with two spots. I feel like I gotta. I, I think Mace has to go on it. Hmm. Um, one of those last two spots, I think, should be Mace. And the thing is, too, he didn't just have one album. He did have several albums after that. Just no one really remembers those. Yeah. So I think, in terms of when you're talking about, because if if I were to say, like, when we talk about, was it one song wonder or one hit wonder? Um, they obviously they have other songs. They have a full album, so there's like another collection of things to choose from. It's the one that stood out, and you forgot about all the rest. Yeah, and there's a lot of a lot of you can be made about, you know, the the one hit wonder description for a lot of bands out there, right? Or any artist, you know, people would might consider like the mainstream culture would consider Fountains of Wayne 
Stacy's Mom to be a one-hit wonder. Oh, remember that song, Stacy's Mom? Yeah, I don't know anything else from that. But people that know music know that that, like, I mean, that the lead singer he wrote he wrote that thing you do. He right. wrote those songs, the songs right. in that movie. Like, right. he has a lot of success, you know, and so did the band. Yeah, Just songs. Sounds of Wayne were kind of more of a cult have, favorite. Yeah, you know, but they didn't have the pop success of that. Right. So, you know, Mace made other music, but I don't think anybody considers anything after that first one. Anyway. No. For me, the last two spots are between Nutramilk Hotel and I Am the Movie. I think there's a significant drop off. Well, I don't think that about Woo Life, but you guys do, so that's fine. Oh, yeah, we haven't even talked about Woo Life. That's fine. I, we don't need to. Well, I you mean, guys don't like it. The, Mudvayne, the, we don't like, so those aren't even in consideration. I don't think, you know, for me, Silent Drive isn't in the conversation, so I think it's really between Neutral Milk Hotel and I Am The Movie, and I'm fine with either. I just prefer I Am The Movie because I think On Avery Island is brilliant, but I could also accept Neutral Milk Hotel in there. Well, the reason, and I know it's sort of what's accepting, but in terms of, it, I mean, if we are going to play by any rules, there is dispute over whether the bands that we're considering for this last spot, whether each of them, whether their other works were actually good or not. So there is actually a dispute over that. Silent Drive, as much as we may not like the album, it does stay true to form as an actual one album wonder because they literally only had one album. I'll take Neutral Milk Hotel to keep Silent Drive out. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's such... If Corey thinks that On Avery Island is as good as he thinks it is, I hear that. But I he but he also does agree that Aeroplane of the Sea is just the hands down like indie masterpiece of that of those of that decade. Mm-hmm. So I'm comfortable with Neutral Milk Hotel occupying the last spot because right. it is a fantastic record. It sure is. And I, the bands that I've heard since I graduated high school are as follows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So I think that just about does it. Our five one album wonders are Neutral Milk Hotel in the Aeroplane Over the Sea, Deltron 3030, self titled record, Mace, Harlem World, The Receiving End of Sirens Between the Heart and Synapse, and Say Anything is a Real Boy in no particular order. Do we want to litigate the order? I don't think we need to. I almost think the order you just did may be it. I mean, if I'm going on pure merit, Neutral Milk Hotel is the first one, but yeah, I'm right. taking I'm taking my qualm into account in my reverse yeah. order, but I don't think we need to litigate the order. Those are our five one-album wonders. I think that's representative. I think it's very representative. Although Josh got three on the list and we only got one, but hey. <laughs> Well, but that's I will I'm say, I will, no. It's because he's a guest and he's stuck to high school classics <laughs> that we all have affection yeah. for. Because what <laughs> didn't I, take no chances. What I, did, what I did in my list was definitely took chances. That is certainly for sure. But I also just kind of knew in, in having conversations with everyone's and the albums that we kept coming up with, I was like, I can't just go with all of those. That's not going to be any fun. Well, and that's why I wanted to, you know, th- speckle in like a Frank Ocean. But then, you know, that second album did much better it did much you better know, it's very it, it released got a lot of acclaim crazy it has great reviews yeah it's not for me but but i guess that's kind of the entire discussion was well that was not for me clearly <laughs> <laughs> all right so that about wraps us up those are our five one album wonders josh really appreciate you coming on man thanks thanks for having me yeah absolutely beam anything fuck you yeah <laughs> Just so like upset about Mudvayne. Well, it, he listened to a lot of Mudvayne this week, so he's feeling. He's, he's just feeling, feeling very. Aggressive. He's just feeling. The only way I know how to express myself is by saying the word "fuck you." 
I, yeah. Motherfucker, fuck you. <laughs> he does use a tailpipe. lot of. He does use a lot of fuck. I mean, it's also too around the time when I was finally able to listen to like parental advisory stickers like albums. So it was just like, I'm holding tight onto that one. We're really happy for you. Uh, Nothing to gain is just such a good song. So that's about it. Follow us on Instagram at Back Porch Media, Twitter at Porchback Media. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, rate, review, whatever you got to do. See what we'd like you to do, honestly. (laughs) Whatever you want to do. Unsubscribe, resubscribe, re rate, re review. Yeah, just do it over and over and over again, apparently. (laughs) The hack to the algorithm. That's how it goes. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. See ya.